Wow, how many of y'all are enjoying church today? Come on, man. Are those stories we heard? Some great stories. Come on, right? Were they great? Come on. How many of y'all want more of that? Yeah, come on. That was awesome and missions and all great stuff happening. So good to be with you today. And I just want to give a huge shout out uh, to uh, Pastor Eric, who was up here, and, and Rachel, who was leading worship, our victory and freedom, as we shared about, um, it wouldn't happen without these two people. They are just doing such an awesome job affecting our whole entire church. Come on, I just want to say thank you. You guys are doing awesome, as always, and uh, so, so, so great, and uh, thanks for making such a huge impact on people's lives, and um, the next one's coming up in June, so get signed up, get paid up, get there, it's going to be good, and you're going to like it, come on somebody, yeah, Transformed, how many of y'all are enjoying this series we're in, Transformed, we're learning about what does a transformed life look like, and how can we be more transformed to become more like Jesus, I recently um, uh, have been uh, took up a new sport, if you call it that, uh, pickleball. How many of y'all are familiar with pickleball, at least a little bit? Yeah, the fastest growing thing. And I know what you're saying. You used to play tennis, and now you're older, and now it's pickleball. Can read your mind. Come on. Um, so, um, but no, it's just I can play inside, so I'm playing. And there's a group of people I've been playing with, and I'm just learning how. And there's a, there's a lady that's, that's deaf that... that the place and 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 so I've been watching how she like how she gives the score, but of course I have no idea what she's doing. Okay, but I watch her do that, and and so I came home and I was talking with my wife Natalie, and I said, you know, I I I need to learn some basics here on sign language. I mean, how hard can it be to count to ten, right? And so I so I so I intently she goes, yeah. I go, not only could I understand what she's communicating score-wise, I could communicate with her. And so I said, um, so I, I I did what exactly what you would do. I Googled it. Okay, and I Googled it, and I looked in, I looked on Google and I and I learned how to, you know, one, two, you know, three, four, five, and so I got this, you know. And so then, okay, I got this. I looked it up, very, very intentional. I did it a couple times, and actually I practiced on, on the way to, to play. And then we got uh, actually playing in the evening, we're playing and playing, and then uh, it came time to actually do it. Now, one through five is pretty good. How many of you are pretty confident you can figure out one through five? About three people. God bless you. Yeah, one through five. You can do that. And um, but uh, but after that, it gets like you know, there's 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 six, you know, seven, eight, nine, and ten. God help me if the score goes beyond ten. I don't even know. So I get in the game and and I'm trying to give the score in sign language, and. And I mean, I'm dropping the ball on my paddle. I'm trying to figure it out. And, and pretty, she's laughing at me. I mean, she's laughing. It was, I, if I could read her mind, it was like, you're trying hard. Okay, you were really trying hard, which I was. I was trying hard. I mean, I was intently doing it. I was, I was, I practiced actually like three times before I got there. So why didn't God show up? You know. And then I, but I had to actually put it into practice. And so putting it into practice was completely different. And matter of fact, by the time it was all done, I just gave up and I just said, I ain't got this, okay? And I went home and practiced more, okay? Now, this is what we do with God sometimes. We intently want to look at something in the Word of God or the Bible, and we intently do it, and we, and we read it a few times, and we think we got it until you actually have to put it into practice. And putting it into practice is far different than actually just knowing where to find it on Google, and this is what we do. 
And today when we talk about being transformed by the word of God, I want to help us learn how can I be transformed by the word of God. How many of y'all would, would like that? Yeah, so we're, here we go. We're going to launch into uh, Romans chapter 12. We've been reading these two verses every week. And um, every week in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, is, is, is written based on chapters 1 through 11. Now, for brevity's sake, I am not going to read chapters 1 through 11. I'm going to trust you will. Basically, it's like this. The salvation, the gift we have from God is a free gift we receive, we receive from him. It's, we receive it by grace through faith. Come on, that's what we receive. And it's his grace. And so, he, and so the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Romans. He's writing, writing, writing. And he's writing, writing, writing. And he gets to this. And now, they don't have chapters. Remember, he wasn't writing chapters. He was just writing a long letter. And so, he, so he, then he says, I appeal to you, therefore. So he gets to this point based on 11 chapters. He says, okay, now, therefore, what I want you to do by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your, by the renewal of your, that by testing you may discern key words, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you are ever wondering what the will of God is for your life, it's found in these two verses. You offer God your life as worship, your whole entire life. This is the will of God. Don't be conformed to the image of this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's the will of God for your life. Now you can't leave, there's more. Now think about it. This is the will of God for everybody's life. So a lot of times people come to me and they ask me questions. Pastor, what should I do? How should I do this? How should I do that? And I says, well, what's helping you offer your body to God as worship your whole life? How are you not being conformed to the image of this world? And how are you being transformed by the renewal of your mind? Whatever you're doing there, that's God's will for your life. That's it. That, that, what, that, that's, that's how we find out what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That you may discern. That means to approve by testing, to show something that is acceptable. That's right. Put to the test to reveal what is good. And so we discern by the word of God, by the Bible. That's how we discern. That's how we know what is God's will, what is good and acceptable. And this is what I want to uncover for you today. This is, what, this, is the, this is the big idea here. This is the big idea. This is, the, the, this is it. Transformation is a process that we are made. We're becoming more like Jesus. How many of you out there want to become more like Jesus? How many of y'all want the person sitting next to you to really become more like Jesus? Come on. Yeah. See those hands? Yeah, there were a lot more hands there. Come on. Yeah. I really, really, really want them. Yeah, we, I want to become more like Jesus, and it's a process by which we have relationships that transform. Pastor Eric's been preaching on that for the last two weeks here. Yeah, we were renewing of our minds. That was the first like three, four weeks of the messages we have. And then here it is, revealing of God's truth. This is how we, you don't just need one of those, you gotta have all three. Relationships that transform us. There's a renewing of our mind and there's the revealing of truth. You can't just have one, you gotta have all three. That's how transformation happens. Yeah, see, most of us, most of us, let me, 
Let me say, most of us in this room, we are spiritual evolutionists. We're waiting for that one moment where everything just changes. We're waiting for the, everything to line up, the right worship song, the right scripture, the right prayer, and my life is just going to get easy. How many of you are waiting for that? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be waiting a while. Yeah, see, we're waiting for just something to happen rather than get involved in God's process. So how can I be transformed by the word of God? Does the word of God still transform people? Can I still be transformed? Because most of us, we really don't want to be transformed. We just want God to change our circumstances. Most of us really don't want to be transformed. We just want God to make, we're waiting for God to make life palatable or easy or, 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 or something like that. When really, so how can I be transformed by this book? And I, I, I brought my big study Bible today. I thought you might be impressed, but you're not, you're not looking real impressed, okay? I brought my big, like this is the serious book. This is, but, but how many of y'all were followers of Jesus in the, the late 1900s? Okay. <laughs> this is what, you, you, the bigger the Bible, the more spiritual you were. Y'all remember those days? Come on, like you, big, you know? I mean, big Bibles. I mean, I mean something took two hands to carry it, you know? And you, you, you had those big zipper cases that you put them in, right? Because you wanted the sword to stay inside. You leave the sword out, it might cut somebody. Come on, like you got to cover the sword, right? Come on, I see those hands. Yeah, come on, I see that. Yeah, come on, somebody. Yeah, bring back the book. Come on, yeah. Yeah, now everybody just reads them on, on your phone. I, I don't know, I just, I just like reading on the paper. How many of you are with me? Just something about the paper. It's like just the way, just the way the Apostle Paul did. It's the way I want to do it. Come on, somebody. Yeah, papers. I, I, I brought it here. I don't you intimidate it. Don't worry. I'm just going to leave it right here. Okay. Yeah, but so here it is, the Word of God. And so I want to, I want to uncover just some things the Word of God does, and then help you learn how it can transform you. How many of y'all think that would be helpful today? Would that be helpful? Okay. So here we go. Let's go to first of all. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm just going to read one verse here and, un and unwrap it for you. One verse in Hebrews 4. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and of marrow, and discerning. Ah, there's that word discerning again. Yeah, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So here we see that the word of God, that's the logos, that's the written, the completed word of God. Okay, so this book, this, this whole entire book here is living and active. It is living. It's still breathing. And here's the word active. It's active, which means it's, it gives energy. It's energetic. It's at work. It's effective. There's a power that this book has. As a matter of fact, this book has power whether you read it or not, but if you read it and engage it, it will be power to you. Okay, so if the Word of God is effective and powerful, okay, the opposite words are inactive, idle, and ineffective. So if you're, could it be, let me just propose it. 
Could it be that if your life, your spiritual life is ineffective, idle, and not as productive as you like, could it be that we're not engaging the word of God the way that we could? Could that be, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's the word of God that I need here because it's living in its active, it, it, it's, it's energy, and it's able to discern, yeah, and, and able to judge. This book judges, what does it judge? The intentions, the enga- what's engaged in your mind. It judges, what, what did you have in mind? Have, every, have you ever asked somebody, what do you have in mind? The word of God judges what you have in mind. It judges what you have engaged in your mind. That's what the word of God does. And it also separates, there's two words there, spirit and soul. Spirit being pneuma, the breath of God, spirit. And then psyche, where we get psychology, your mind. It separates human reasoning from divine reasoning. See, that's what the Word of God does. I said, see, we, we got to grab this because, because I'm, I'm going to uncover some things for you. I want to show you that if it's active and it discerns and it judges. And I know that people say, well, you know, Christians don't judge. Well, the Word of God does. I don't know if you know this, but when we stand before God at the end of our days, there will be a judgment. I'm trying to help you. Yeah, there really will be. And so the word of God separates human reasoning from divine reasoning. Now remember, something we've been uncovering here. Thoughts produce feelings. Feelings produce behavior. So if our thoughts are not being judged by the word of God, divine reasoning our feelings will not be lined up with the word of God and then therefore we'll have behavior that doesn't line up with the word of God. Did you track that? So if you work it backwards, see many of us just want different behavior. We just want a change of behavior when really God's saying, if I can get, if I can get the word of God to discern, to help you in your mind, it will produce the right feelings that will produce the right behavior. So we got to work it backwards and say, i got to deal with some of these, some of my, my mindset, some of the craziness in my mind. How many of y'all got, sometimes you got crazy in your mind? Yeah, yeah, we do. We just got these old mindsets. We have these, these things that want to conform us into the image of this world. Let me just real quickly look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. All scripture, how much of scripture? How much? Yeah, all of it is breathed out by God. Do we really believe that all Scripture is breathed out by God? Yeah, and it's profitable. It's good. How many of y'all would like to be more profitable? Come on, it's okay, yeah. So if we want to be more profitable, i got to dive into the Word and say, okay, Okay, it's for reproof and correction and training that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And so I really just want to look at this one thing here. It's all scriptures breathed out by God. This is the same word that's related to the Hebrew word when God breathed into man and life happened. Scripture breathes into us. Scripture breathes life into us. Like 
like when, when, when we're here together, there should be a life getting breathed into us. Can you sense it? There's, there's life that just comes from the word of God that, 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 that illuminates, that gives life, that's a joy, that's so good. Yeah, that's what it does here. And um, now, now I, I just, I just want to take a time out here. I, I want to let you know that every time I, I open my, my Bible, I want to let you know, that, now this, this may shock you, I don't hear angels singing every time I open my Bible. There's times in my journey that I read it, <coughs> excuse me, I'm trying to overcome through it and with it, and I'm trying to do it, I'm trying to engage it, and I just have trouble. I, it feels dry to me. I'm going to be the first one to admit that. It's been a journey where, you know, when I, when I, first, when I first met Jesus, I learned the first three chapters of the Gospel of John. I mean, I read them over and over and over. And I mean, I considered myself, I knew a lot of the Bible. So much so, I preached my first message after the, I, all I ever read was the first three chapters of John. Now, I'm not sure how good the message was, but man, I knew the first three chapters. Because I knew it. I engaged it. It was a part of my life. It was a part of my life. Every single day, I just kept rereading it because it was just so fascinating to me. Even at 15 years old, I engaged it, and it was just amazing to me what I was finding there. It was so cool. It was so awesome. But then, I want to be honest with you, chapter 4 wasn't so, so exciting. And I realize that sometimes it's not exciting, but I still engage it, and I still learn it, and I still put myself in places where I can, I can grab a hold of it here. Because I need God to breathe on me. It's his life force. And it's, it's a process of sanctification. And I want to experience God. How about you? How about you? Tonight, we have a great opportunity. We have a worship night tonight. Right here at 6 o'clock. And I want to invite you to come. I'm going to be here. And, and um, after we praise and worship, I want to grow as a worshiper. I want to grow. I want to I become better. Because if I'm not growing, I'm just saying that this is as good as it gets. And I don't believe this is as good as it gets. How about you? I believe I can grow. I believe I can become closer to Jesus. How about you? So I'm going to come, and I'm just going to participate. And then we're going to have teams of people right here praying for different things. Right here tonight. Now, especially parents with kids, I want to tell you, bring your kids. I know what you first think. There's no child care. What am I going to do with these kids? Bring them. Because, and I'm going to tell you why. There's going to be people praying for physical healing because we're going to see people get healed tonight. And then we're, we're going to have people prophesying. When's the last time your kids got prophecy? Well, they're just little. Well, what, what are you waiting for? Why not start now? Introduce them to this. People speaking the word of God, encouragement, edification, love to them. And then people praying for the people that you know that are far from God. And then people just praying for a fresh infilling of who God is to you. How many of y'all could use at least one of those things? I'm telling you, I'm coming tonight. I'm not going to double dip or triple dip. I'm quadruple dipping. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I already purposed in my heart. I'm, gonna, I'm visiting every team tonight. Every team. I'm just going to stay here. Till every, I get every team to pray for me. Well, Pastor, aren't, aren't you the one praying tonight? No, I'm the one. I'm going to go get in line tonight. 
I could use a little bit of all the above. How about you? See, so I'm, I'm inviting you to experience God in a very real way because sometimes he feels far away. And, and, and let me ask you this. For where you are right now, could it hurt? No, it's a real question. Could it, I mean, why not? Why not put yourself in a good spiritual environment? I mean, come on. The football season's over. Yeah, you know, nothing to do today. Come on. Ain't got nothing. Right? Come on down. It, 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 it's it's going to be good. I, see, I want you to encounter these things. The training of God. Okay, okay, that was, the, that was my first um, commercial. Okay, let me help you here. Every decision that we make, every decision you'll make in life comes down to these two questions. Every decision, every, I don't, it, how much money you give comes down to these two questions. How you spend money, what car you buy, house, comes down to these two questions. How you treat your spouse, these two questions. What kind of work you do, how you treat your boss, these two questions. I'm telling you, they all come down to these two questions right here. Who is God to you? Who are you to God? I can't find one area of my life that isn't decided by those two questions right there. I can't find one. I can't. Who's, who is God to you? Do you know what, what happens? We just celebrated what happens in people's lives when they take a Friday night and all day Saturday and focus on God and focus on their relationship with God. They get free. Come on. Do you know what really is uncovered over this time? Let me give you a hint. This is the secret sauce. Who is God to you and who are you to God? That's the difference maker. I'm telling you, it's a difference maker in your whole life. This is it. Most of the times we think we're fighting all this other stuff, and this is it right here. Yeah, my theology and my identity is what I'm really struggling with, okay? But let me, let me just give you another important decision here. The most important decision you will ever make is to determine what will be the ultimate authority in your life. Oh, this is a good one. Because many people in the room right now, this is the biggest challenge you have in your life. What is the ultimate authority in your life? Yeah, is it circumstances, culture, tradition, emotions, human reasoning, feelings, or the word of God? Well, of course, it's, of course, pastor, it's the word of God. No, I don't want your church answer. I want your real one. No, I'm serious. I want your real one. Because the real ones determine in the decisions we make, my behavior, the decisions I make. And most of it is not based and rooted that the Bible is the ultimate authority of the word of God. This is what settles it. As a matter of fact, let me let, me let you in on a secret. And I've said this over and over and over. The, one, the, the number one thing that our, our secular universities and colleges attack in young people is what? The scripture is not valid. It's not the final authority. It's just a storybook of nice poems and stories. 
I'm telling you, it happens all the time. That Bible, it's just a nice storybook. It's a poetic thing. You can't take it too serious. Has anybody ever told you that? Oh, you can't take it too serious. No, I'm, I'm trying to help you. What's going to be is my, is my emotion, is my feelings, is my human reasoning. I feel that. Well, again, if you don't have a mindset set on the word of God, it's going to produce feelings that can't be trusted, which will produce behavior that can't be followed. Is this helping you? See, I'm trying to help us. Like, we got to settle something. Now, I know what you're thinking. The same thing that I thought, even when I was writing these notes. There's parts of the Bible that I have problems with. I really do. That whole, like, you know, let me just give you a hint. That whole, like, love your, na- love your enemies and bless those who persecute you and talk evil of you, I'm having problems with that one. Anybody else here? No, I'm sorry, I do. I don't like that one. Mm-mm. When I'm tired and hungry and cranky, I don't like that whole lay down my life for my wife thing. Anybody with me here? Come on. Yeah, I see those hands. Come on. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I I don't like it. I don't like those things. But it's not for me to like. It's for me to engage because there is energy and power in life when I line myself up with that. And there's even some stories in the Bible that are really confusing to me. And some of them, I'm going to be honest, they're going to have to wait till I get to heaven to get solved. I've come to the point in my life where I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because I'm not going to allow culture or my feelings or my name. I'm here to defend Jesus' name and honor him and do what he asks. Therefore, that's the final authority in my life. So when the Bible is clear on something, we accept it and we believe it. When it's not so clear, we find verses that relate to it. We come to a joint, okay, what, how we do we live this? And we work at living that out. Is that helpful to you? Now, let me, let me try to illustrate it this way. How many of y'all think this is a really cool shirt? How many of you th- that think it's an ugly shirt? No, no, don't, don't say that. Like, yeah, and so, so my son, Greg, and, and his wife, Lauren, are here. And uh, they got me this shirt as a gift. So you better like it, okay? And so they got me this gift, and, 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 and I opened it up, and I, and I read it, and I said, oh, cool. And um, th- our grandson, their son, is named Theo. Theophilus, Theophilus Richard, but I'm not bragging, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just relating information. That's all I'm doing here. And so I, I, I got the shirt, and I said, oh, really cool. I'm going to study Theo, my grandchild. Your babysitter. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But I looked at them, and they were like, no, it says theology. The study of God. This is what we do with the Bible sometimes. We take simple things, and we read into it. And we come to conclusions that we're not meant to be there. And if we're not careful, we'll do that a lot, even with a simple word of theology, the study of God. Just look for what it's there. Just look at it and experience it. Okay, how many of y'all are ready to be transformed by the Word of God? 
Y'all ready? Okay, I brought you to this point. We're going to go for it here. So let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Here we go. While you're looking for James, let me just tell you one more thing here. The revealing of God's truth through his word, here's what it does. It generates life, creates faith, produces change, frightens the devil, causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, transforms lives, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, renews our mind, and guarantees our future. How many of y'all could use one of those? Come on. How many of y'all could use just one? How many of you want two? Three. How many of you are going to get all four lines tonight? Come on. How many of you are going to quadruple dip with me tonight? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. At least that's just what the Word of God does. That's pretty cool, right? You didn't know it did all that. You just thought it gave you a bunch of rules. These are the rules. It's not a rule book. It releases us from, from all that stuff. Okay. Here we go. James 1. For if anyone... Oh, I'm reading this this morning, and I got to, and, and for if anyone, and I went, oh, I could even do this. No, I want you to let you know. See, many people, we have, we have bought into a mindset that everybody else can interpret the Word of God, but you can't, which is not true. The New Testament says we've, we all can understand the Word of God now. We don't have to go, and it's not in Latin anymore. Come on, somebody. We can understand it. We can get it. That should be a joy. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently, intently, underline that word, by his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away, and at once he forgets what he was like. But, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, underline persevere, yeah, being, uh, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in all his doing. Okay, how many of y'all are too blessed, you need to give some back? No, really, how many of y'all are too blessed? How many of y'all could use more blessings in your life? You know what really this word means? It means one who is envied. Because like, it has nothing to do with your circumstance. It has everything to do with the way we live. Come on. I want to get to the blessing. I want to get to the transformation. This is it. This is, how, this is what I want to live here. So here it is. Transformation and blessing will follow those who. Three things found in these verses. Intentionally, continually, and obediently. So this is, you want to counter any change you want in your life, you want to lose weight and get healthy, these three things will help you. You want to get finances in order, these three things will help you. You want to, you want to, you want to go to school, get an education, these three things are going to help you. No, they'll help every aspect of your life. See, we, we, got, we bought into, well, this is my Sunday morning life, and then I got my Monday through Saturday life. No, it's all of my life. So I'm going to do it intentionally, continually, and I'm going to do it obediently with the word of God. And it says, he who looks into the perfect will of God brings freedom. Freedom from what? Faulty mindsets. Behavior that will land me up in hell. Behavior that will land me up in all kinds of problems at home. Come on, somebody. Yeah, it releases me from all of that. It releases me from those things that trap me here. So how are we transformed by the word of God? intentionally 
thinking decisively to a de- definite and clear understanding to understand fully. This word intentionally, when the tomb was empty, you know, we're coming up on Easter. That's kind of a big deal, by the way. I don't know if you knew that or not. Big deal. And the, t- the, 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 the stone was rolled away, and it came, and it says they, they looked in intently. This is the same word. They, hmm. they didn't just happen to walk by and say, yeah, where's Jesus? I mean, it says they stooped down, and they looked intently. They, were, they wanted a clear understanding. They wanted to know what was going on fully. That's what we do with the word of God. We're intentional. I need an intentional plan in all of my life, because that's what brings transformation here. This word is used five times. Listen, I'm going to intentionally have a faith that seeks to understand, not say that I already know everything. Just like me on my way to play pickleball. I thought I knew exactly how to do one through ten. It wasn't until I got, uh, I got to go back. I got to learn again. I got to get it right. I got to be intentional here. I'm going to be intentional with my study time. I'm going to be intentional. The next one is is continually. That's that word persevere. Continually means to come alongside a close working relationship. I'm going to persevere with the word of God. I'm going to keep doing it because I know it works. It's active and it works in my life. This is what brings transformation. This is what we've been looking for right here. But we got to do it continuously. You know, come on. You know, I, I, for a long time, I was, you know, I would, I would eat whatever I wanted and do whatever I wanted, and then I would walk around the block and wonder why I didn't lose weight. And we do the same with God. We do whatever we want Monday through Saturday, and then we come to church for an hour and 15 minutes, and we wonder why the change didn't happen. Because I got to in, in, in continually persevere, continually look at it, continually engage it, continually do that. How am I doing this? I'm reading, um, I'm, I'm, I just decided in September, I'm reading the Bible through in a year. This is my, this is my little sheet. I have little check marks, every, a little check mark. Now, I'm not doing it just check marks. I just want to see if I'm making progress, if I'm continuing or not. I told you before, I got a six-day-a-week reading plan, so if I miss one, I'm ahead. Come on, somebody. And this is my, this is my sheet, just like that. I don't need a fancy Bible program. I don't need an app. I just, I just needed a printer. I printed it and said, I'm just going to do this. How am I doing it? I'm doing it day by day. I'm doing it verse by verse. I'm doing it cup of coffee by cup of coffee. Some of you all catch that. Yeah, I'm just doing it day by day. I'm just verse by verse. I, I got a study Bible. Now, now, if you don't have a study Bible, I encourage you to get one. Well, what kind should you get? Listen, I, there's two. I was talking with our pastors this morning. We were talking about different study Bibles. I have a spirit filled life study Bible. And that's just, I'm just the one I have. I've had it for years. It's the same one I've been using for 25 years. There's, there's word definitions in here. It gives footnotes about uh, geography and what's going on at that time because it helps me understand the word, right? And there's the life application is the other one a lot of our pastors use. There, there's, those are two. But I encourage you to get a study Bible. I encourage you to get some help because you can understand the word. If anyone looks intently, you can do this. You can read this. Just, you know, in some days, like I said, the angels don't, they don't come. Sometimes I'm reading it and I'm like, boy, I need to read that again because I, I, I didn't get what I think I need to get. I do that. But it doesn't stop me from being continual. 
That would be like if I came home one day and, 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 and I decided to be nice to my wife and she didn't respond the way I think she should. I'd say, well, that didn't work. Does that apply to any other area of your life? No. No. You, 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 you stay engaged. I, I was at a small group yesterday. We had a small group right here with a group of guys, a group of friends that get together. We read the Bible. We prayed. We helped one another decide what we're going to do with our next step with God. You know, and, and I'm going to be honest. Like you, After 40 years of small groups, every now and then, it, it's, it's like, well, I don't know. I've been there. I've been there. I've done that. I don't need one. But no, if I keep going and I keep staying engaged and I keep continually doing it, there's a rapport that develops and there's something that gets established by which we both, and we're all transformed and changed to be more like Jesus. And there's some weeks it's like, we tried hard. Have you ever been in one of those groups? I've actually led several of them. But that doesn't make me stop. It makes me stay engaged because if I intentionally and continually keep doing what, what I need to do here. And then the last one is, is obediently. Become a doer of the word. Put it into practice. Write out a plan. Make it personal. What are you going to do? Practical, something you can do. Provable, did you actually do it? See, this is it. This is it. I don't just want to know about it. I want to put it into practice. And man, the sooner I know about it, the sooner I put it into practice, the better off I am. This, it's like that in all of life. All of life is like that. i got to be intentional, continual, obedient. What can I do? What will I do? What should I do? The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us into the image of the Son of God. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make us into the image of the Son of God. And so this is it. So this is it. Here it is. So all these things line up so that I need help from two areas. I need the help of the Holy Spirit, which will remind me of the words of Jesus. So the more you read the Word, the more you're giving the Spirit something to work with. Just, I, want that, I want you to grab that one. And then the second one is I need help from others. I just need help from other people practically, practically, practically. I'm going to close up here. I want to read to you Matthew chapter 7. And, um, and I just want to give you something here. Maybe it'll help you. If you're having trouble receiving the word of God, the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 8 and in Matthew 13, the words of Jesus in Luke 8, Matthew 13, just write those down. And um, there's three times that you, maybe the word of God, you're not receptive. And it's, it's if, if you have a closed mind, that means hard soil, a superficial mind, shallow soil, and a distracted mind, weeds. It's all in our mind. It's an attitude in our mind, distracted. Yeah, it's all these things. Mm, just thought I'd give you that, uh, just to help you. Okay. Matthew 7, Matthew 7, and I just want to remind you um, that, uh, uh, that we have growth track coming up, growth track next Sunday night, and it's a way to help you understand the Word of God. It's at our North Braddock, it's one church, we're one church in four locations, we're going to be at North Braddock, going to be five to eight, we have a special 
presentation for kids. We're going to get kids involved in missions where kids are going to be doing a special presentation, learning about missions, learning about how to give to missions. They're going to be doing it all month. Uh, of, of March leading up to Easter, and they're going to be helping make wordless books. It's not just babysitting. We're going, to move, we're going to move a generation into the mission field. Anybody with me? Anybody all with me on that? Come on. This is important. And, uh, but I want you to come to Growth Track. Get signed up because anybody can understand the Word of God. Did you hear anything this morning that was helpful to you? Did you hear anything that was just helpful? It, it helped you personally. If you did, would you just stand up? Stand right where you are. Just stand up right where you are. If you heard something helpful, I want to read these verses to you here. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7. I want you to drink this in here. Matthew 7. Anyone who listens to my teaching, these are Jesus' words here, and follows is a wise person. He, Jesus said, if you hear, you listen, you follow, you're wise. And through, though the rain comes torrents and floodwaters rise and winds beat against the house it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock of, of a firm foundation now if anyone hears my teachings and doesn't obey it's foolish like a person who builds their house on a sand when the rains and floods come the winds beat against the house it's going to collapse like a mighty crash it doesn't say if it says when it doesn't say not if that rain comes. Not if, when it comes. Are you going to be found on the foundation? Or are you going to be found in human reasoning? This is what I think. This is what I feel. This is what I want. Um, we were at a conference oh, in um, the Ukraine. A pastor from the Ukraine. I mean, a war... The war is still going, raging in the Ukraine right now. And there's a pastor there, and he's sharing. I mean, many people in his church, he's, he's watched them die. I mean, literally where he lives, there's, there's, there's missiles. There are bombs being dropped all around him all the time. That's a way of life right now. I can't fathom that. I, I honestly, I, I, But somebody asked him a question. You were... You, Mm. Somebody asked him a question. They said, well, how, how did you do? Like, how did, what, what happened in your life? Like, the war, what happened? And he made this statement. He said, we already had the discipline in our lives of the word of God and the discipline of, of, of follow, being a follower of Jesus. So when the war happened, we just continued what we've already done, what we always done, did. They didn't have to adopt a new thing when they got into the, the storm. They just simply lived who they were because they had a daily discipline of intentionality, continually and obedient. This is what we do. Could he leave the country? Yes, he could. But he chooses to stay there. Check this out. Could, because we have given as a church tens of thousands of dollars to, to, to this ministry. They feed people regularly. We have helped purchase uh, wood stoves to help people get, stay warm because they, they don't have heat like they used to. This is what we have done with the missions money here. You with me? They have planted, was it 14? 14 churches last year in the middle of war, in the middle of literal tanks, bombs, people dying, burying people on a regular basis that are being killed. 
They're planning churches. They're doing something. Why? Because they had intentional, continually obedient to what God's word says. That is that verse right there. I want to live that verse. These verses, I want to be wise. And so right now, we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing the whole song. We're not going to shortchange the song. I mean, you came this far. You, you want full price. Come on, right? Don't you want full price? I thought you'd be a little more excited about that. Come on. We're not just going to do just a couple lines. Yeah. We're going to sing a song about Jesus is my firm foundation. Jesus is my firm foundation. I don't know what it is you're going through in life right now. I don't know how difficult it is, how struggling. But I do know this. We're going to be built on a firm foundation of this book right here. This book is going to determine it. And we are going to do whatever he says, however he says. Are you ready to worship God? I want you to engage this song with what I just communicated in mind. And you, I'm not asking for a commitment or you to raise your hand. I'm asking you just to sing this song, saying, God... And, and then some people right now, you don't want to sing this song because you, you don't want to be a hypocrite. No, sing it by faith. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. You're my firm foundation. Come on, let's just, let's just honor God right where we are. Let's just honor him right where we are. Jesus, come on. Come on, let's just engage him. God, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.